He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. So we say a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that we find ourselves in your presence today. Many times we spend time doing so many things, but today this Sabbath has been hallowed unto you, and we give you praise for that opportunity. We thank you in the good, in the bad, and in the ugly. In all of it, Lord, you have been faithful. Thank you for how far you have brought us and for the fact that you will take us in into what lies ahead. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. And let your Holy Spirit have free course in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, first of all, I want to thank God for the privilege and opportunity to be here and for the privilege of being asked to speak on his behalf. Amen. I often wonder why God chooses vessels of clay. Because if I had to choose, I would choose diamond, platinum, gold, something that lasts. But the Bible says this treasure is in earthen vessels, that the excellency shall be of God and not of us. So I thank God for the privilege always of being his mouthpiece. What an honor. Amen. Well, last time I was here, I was talking to us about things we must learn. And I intend to continue. <laughs> Amen. We learned that in the Bible, we are told to learn certain things. You know, sometimes learning can be formal. Let's say you learn French. A lot of you, you didn't take French seriously. You see, and you didn't even learn it. And a lot of you from boys' schools, you will just memorize, but you don't even understand it. Like Bishop Saki, he memorized Pierre Esiedu. Tu pas déjà, did it so? When he was going to Togo, they stopped him at the border, and then he started to, tu pas déjà, ne papa, rest his teeth. And the people thought, hey, he's very good in the French. But he never really learned it to even understand. So learning can sometimes be formal that you go to school and you learn and some of us we didn't do a very good job of learning so because of that we have found ourselves in certain places we shouldn't have found ourselves in and it's only the grace and mercy of God which will help us to recover all amen but it was just because you refused to learn bishop said when he went to Achimota school as he was learning people were sh throwing short puts and all these 
It's not that you shouldn't throw short put, but the Bible says a false balance is an abomination. So the first thing should be first. And when we don't learn certain things, we shortchange ourselves in the long, long run. Sometimes we also learn by experience something that you go through. I have learned a lot in ministry by experience. For instance, I've learned that when a Christian asks me for a loan, I should look for the amount of money I can afford to part with. But I should not enter into a contractual, debt-related uh, uh, relationship with a Christian. Because when the Christian is in need, crying, oh, please give me a loan, when it comes to the payment, it becomes as if you rather owe the person. And it can destroy all relationships. But you won't know until you are experienced. Amen. My dad used to say, when you go to somebody's house, you think the person is eating turkey. Don't be jealous and say, that, hey, what about me? I, I, I eat only chicken. The turkey may be a voucher which has been garnished. <laughs> I believe that all that is also based on the, what the person has learned in life. I remember so many years ago when Bishop came into full-time ministry and we had bought a truck, a tipper truck, which was working, going sand and stone. And I was going to Switzerland to have our first child. And this truck had a lot of problems. A second-hand truck with a lot of problems. Every evening, people from uh, Odona, they would be coming there. This one has to be paid for this. This one has to be paid for that. Eventually, we got the truck up and running. And when I was going away, it was working, but bringing losses at a point. And when Bishop repaired it, he was just about to leave, and my father said, pack it, and go and be with your wife while she's delivering, and come back. Because if you don't pack it, and you let somebody work with it, by the time you come back, you would rather have debts. But we didn't learn. So we said, oh, daddy, no, we need the money. So whilst we are away, the truck can work. Hey, you don't need a gift of prophecy. When we came back, the debts were more that we could even pay. So for a long time, all the work we did was servicing this debt because somebody was experienced and was telling us, and we thought that the person doesn't know how to make money, and also the person doesn't know the caliber of workers we have. After all, they are in the church, and they are very trustworthy. But I have learned by experience that it's better to pack the truck and go. And sometimes I also teach people what I've learned by experience, but they don't they are not able to learn easily. You know, a lady was going, she had set up a big HR company. It was doing very well. I said, look, either you sell off the whole company. So this brother in the church, he says, we'll do partnership. We'll do. Hey, sometimes it's not a prophetic gift. Or it's just what you have learned. Before we knew, the brother now owns that firm wholly. Owes a lot of money to her, has not paid. And whenever I saw him, he would say, oh, my business is doing very well. And it's very successful. And uh, I didn't involve myself in their problems, but I remembered what my father had taught me and how I also didn't learn and how somebody else has come to learn through experience. It is said that experience is the best teacher. I don't believe that. I believe experience is a teacher, but the best teacher is the Word of God. Because the Word of God <laughs> teaches us about people's experiences and helps us not to 
repeat the same things that people have done. Amen. So we talked about Jesus learning obedience through the things he suffered. We talked about we have learned in whatsoever state we are to be content. And we talked about idle women who learn how to be idle, walking from house to house, busy bodies, speaking things that they shouldn't speak about. So you can learn also bad things. If you have a friend who is always roaming, a rolling stone gathers no, 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 no moss, I think it is. And so we learned about that. And today we have yet something else to learn from the Bible, which is from Matthew chapter 11, reading from 28 to 29. Matthew chapter 11. Another way to learn is to just be observant about something or to learn from somebody's experience or to, to be aware of something. Oh, I learned that there was something going on in that company. It is something you were not aware of before that you have become aware of. Amen. Amen. And so today we want to learn something else that God says we should learn. Not me, God. Okay. Are you there? Yes. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. It's a very popular scripture. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am weak, meek, and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. So, in this scripture, Jesus is inviting all of us to come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's saying that if you are, you know, sometimes you are not doing wala to wala, sir, but in your mind, in your emotions, in your life, you are a major laborer, and you are carrying major cement bags, sand and stone that should be carried by a tractor or a, um, a tipper truck. You are the one carrying it. And Jesus is saying that if you are such a person and you are burdened by so many things, come unto me, all ye that labor. You are working, but the labor is not going down. And are heavy laden. You are burdened with a lot of things, be it spiritual, financial, you know, and that's why sometimes I have a problem when people give a, a prophetic word. I saw a famous preacher preaching for people, uh, laying hands on people as they were going, who ate bacon, who be who, who inche, oh. And it was, it went viral, it was on WhatsApp and all that. So my husband was showing it to me and I said, you know something, after this, they will say that if you want that AIDS and all that to be lifted, come for consultation. And he said, oh, how did you know? I have another one. For that consultation, minimum 50. You will become afraid. And then when you go, they say, okay, you want to see the prophet to remove that thing for, okay, you 50. All oh, the 50 sit here. Your problem is 50. From here, 100. From here, 150. And sometimes we are heavy laden because they tell you, oh, and instead of us coming to Jesus for deliverance, 
we begin to think, how can I get out of this my problem? And how can I solve it? But Jesus has shown us the way. I was like, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. Amen. So yes, your burden may be uncovered, but the end result should be that you find rest. And then he says that, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You see, when you come to Jesus, he takes away your burdens. Before Christ was introduced, everything had to be by efforts. There was no grace, not much. The mercy of God coming through the veil, through the blood, to just go and meet God without appointment. You just say, oh God, I'm so troubled. I'm so... It wasn't like that. You have to go through a high priest. And before your sins can be forgiven, you have to buy a number of sheep. And those sheep have to be slaughtered. And the sheep has to be without blemish. You know, some people bring coffin sheep. And some people, Bishop says that some people bring coffin sheep to the house of God. Some people bring one-legged goats that they will not bring to, add to their boss at Christmas. I pray that that will not be your story. But we were under that yoke. And when you are not in Christ, you are under a yoke of guilt. Lady Reverend, I did this. Lady Reverend, I did that. You know, somebody came and said, Lady Reverend, I've committed so many abortions, I don't have a womb. So even though the word of God says God has forgiven me, let me I can't relate to it. But the Bible says that come with that yoke. Come with that. My yoke is easy. When you come, God gives you grace. God gives you forgiveness. He says your sins I will remember no more. God gives you mercy. And the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. So some of us, our judgment is that we have murdered and therefore we should also be murdered. But because of God's mercy, it doesn't happen. You see, just last week or the week before, one of my children was in church. And he said that when they said, turn round at the end, turn round and share the grace with somebody. He decided not to turn round, but to share with the person in front of him. So as he was stretching out to share with the person in front, somebody came from behind. And when he saw the person, it was some wicked senior who had made him crawl in school on force like an animal from one end of the dining room to another end because he said that his socks is rolled or something. So he said that as soon as the guy stretched his hand, then all the, it was like a movie. It just started coming. And he lost it. So he said to the guy, how dare you share the grace with me? How dare you? He said it was so spontaneous, mommy. It was like a movie. I just saw the guy and all that. And then the guy said, oh, but why? We are in church. I'm not even a member of this church. So what are you talking about? (laughs) And he said, no. Even when he said that, then I had to leave the grace. I just walked out slowly. So when I saw him, he was very depressed. He said, I'm very depressed. I've seen a movie I don't like. And I told you, if you carry this, I said, you cannot say, why did God forgive this person? And you cannot say, why has God made this person a new creature? My other son also told me, he went to Bishop Adi's church. Hey, Bishop Adi will call the person. The person will come and arrange chairs. Very wicked also to him. And the person is now Bishop Adi's main person in the church. But you cannot carry that yoke. So sometimes the person has even forgotten that yoke. Then you, that the person did that thing against 
you are carrying the yoke seriously. That should not be your story. Amen. But Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Many of us, we don't learn of Jesus. Amen. We hear of him and we listen of him, but we don't learn of him. But today, I pray that we will be able to learn certain things of him. Amen, somebody. And so I just want, he said that learn of me, for I am meek. What does it mean to be meek? To be meek means to be tamely subject to injury. Tamely subject, it means that when you are injured, it's as if you don't feel it. And it's as if you are tame. You don't grow wild. And Jesus is telling us what to learn of. He said that, for I am meek <laughs> and lowly. Amen? Amen? Lowly means I'm humble. And meek means I am not open or prone to carrying evil or injury in me or being easily injured. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. So I want us to look at meekness. I don't think that today we can look at um, lowliness, but we will look at meekness and then we can move on. Numbers 12 verse 3. It is said that meekness is a quality of being patient in the reception of injuries. It stands opposed to malice and revenge. Sometimes you won't revenge, but you have a malice is ill feeling. That in And the pain that it has pained me, it will not be well with him. But the Bible says, Jesus says, learn of me, for I am meek. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And he's saying that as I'm like that, you to learn. I think we should read from verse 1. So that we and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Whom? An Ethiopian woman. And they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord speaks suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Amen. Amen. The Bible says Moses was the meekest on the surface of this earth. And yet his sister Miriam and Aaron, who were older than Moses, did not think so. So meekness is a quality that you may have. Just because he stood in his place as a man of God, he stood in his place as a prophet and was firm. And people think meekness means weakness. And meekness means I don't correct you. And meekness means you can do anything. So they said, we are speaking about him and his Ethiopian wife that he has married. And even Bible commentary says that he married a Midianite who was a descendant of Abraham by his concubine Keturah, whom he took after Sarah. Ladies, that's why you shouldn't be asking your husband, 
If God calls me, will you marry? He will marry again. It is not a prophecy. <laughs> Amen, ladies. So you just accept the truth and put your things right. I always tell ladies, look, write a will. Then they'll ask me, oh, sister, mommy, what do I have? I say, you have your SNIT pension and you have a bank account. Write your will before your things are added to other people. That's by the way, men, brothers. Amen. <laughs> but it was from Keturah, whom Abraham married, uh, no, a concubine, after Sarah. So it wasn't that Moses had married a Midianite. But their real hearts come out when they say that, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. The real problem is that they were struggling over the authority God had put on Moses. And they were struggling over the anointing on Moses' life. And they said, that, As God, does he speak to only Moses? Which is what brings trouble in churches. Does God speak through only Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? But that's not God's point. God chose Moses from the bad desert. You were not there. And his reason for cho choosing Moses is not told us. But these people say, oh no. And he thinks that he has made himself a prince over us. This Moses. this Moses. But that was not God's testimony. The Bible says, but Moses, in spite of all these negative things they were saying, he was the meekest man on the face of this earth. Hallelujah. Amen. So we have Jesus as our example of meekness. And we have Moses also as our example of meekness. Now, there are certain things we should know about meekness. Meekness is something that you seek. Amen? Amen. Zephaniah 2.3. Those of you who don't know anything in the Bible. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3. What does it say? Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Amen. Amen. Meekness is something you seek. Some of us, we are not naturally meek. Meek doesn't mean weak. But meek means you are subject to injury tamely. You can take injury for a long time and not be destroyed. You can take injury for a long time and not become bitter. You can take injury for a long time and not become vengeful. It is something that must be sought because it just comes from the Spirit of God. It's not human. And it says that when you seek meekness, eh, God's anger is turned away from you. So there's a blessing in learning to be meek. Amen, somebody. I'll just run through quickly. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. The fruit of the Spirit, it mentions so many things. Meekness, temperance, against such, there is no law. So when the Holy Spirit lives in you and you allow him, he will bear the fruit of meekness in our lives. Amen. Amen. So yes, we seek meekness, we seek righteousness, but God gives us also the Holy Spirit so that it's not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is 
meekness. Amen, somebody. And meekness is also something that you put on. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Put on therefore. It's like a jacket you put on. And if you can put on something, it means you can put it off also. Amen, somebody. So when he says, put on meekness, when the situation is happening and you feel like, you know, you want to go to town, let the Holy Spirit which is in you and has borne the fruit of, whisper to you that, wait dear, leave it to God. Amen. It is painful, but as many as are led by their pain, they are the children of God. As many as are led by the massiveness of their situation, they are the children. It's as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And we need this quality even to be in ministry. To be married, you need meekness. Some of you, God gave you the spouse he gave you so that you will develop meekness because the way you are, when the person speaks and you don't respond, then you say, ah, me pa, me nie. Now why am he saying, ah, I me pa, me nie. It is you, cry. It is you. Put on, therefore, bowels of meekness. Meekness is also something you follow. When you see meekness, you follow it. Amen. First Timothy 6, 11. Meekness is something we follow. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Meekness. Before it comes to say, fight the good fight of faith, you should have put on all these things and followed all these things. Before you come and fight the good fight. A lot of us, we fight not good fights or bad fights. You know, I know a lady, she's my friend. Nowadays, her fighting bouts have reduced. But she, she, she likes to fight for her friends. So when you, she comes to your funeral, you have a problem, she, she will beat the person for you. And she's a trader. So many times, I've gone to her shop, and she's not there. Then I see her coming from the road, heaving. I say, what is this? My madame for being a someone my question You fight fights that are not scriptural. But when you follow meekness, you will fight good fights. Amen, somebody. <laughs> meekness is something that must be demonstrated. It's something that must be demonstrated. First Timothy 3, verse 2. First Timothy 3, verse 2. It's talking about we should obey authority. And then the verse 2 says, To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Amen. 
When you consider what you were before, it helps you to be meek. And Paul says that we should show all meekness. So meekness is something, you know, how you show off your new car, you show off your new house, you show off your new watch, you show off your yellow shoes, you should also show off meekness. Amen. Showing all meekness. So meekness is something that we can also show. And meekness is something that should be shown when you are restoring somebody who has been overtaken in a fault. So when Paul says in the verse 2 that, verse 3 that, remember also that you were also like this, 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 before the Lord showed you mercy. So when you come to Galatians 6.1, it says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Meekness. What makes us tamely subject to injury is also the ability to know that it is God who makes us who we are and that there's nothing that we are without God. So if a man is overtaken in a fault, it's different from when you are walking with the fault. Amen? Some sins overtake you. Before you are going, they've overtaken you. Oh, I'm in the gutter. And when you are overtaken by a fault, ye which are spiritual. Most of the time when you are overtaken, by that time the flesh has taken over. So the Bible says that those that are spiritual should restore the ones that have fallen, but in a spirit of meekness. Considering thyself also, lest thou also be tempted. So sometimes when you are single, you judge the married people too quickly. They say, hey, they are not happy at all. Every day they are complaining. Every day, hey, a spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, for thou hast not come there. Amen? Amen. Sometimes in the church, some people tell me that, ah, why? Every day, pastor, okay, people are coming, and they say that their husband has done this. I mean, why? What's their problem? They should just be happy. Some of us are single. If we had what they had, but these same people, after they have been married, say, hey, I said, oh, but you'll be married only two weeks. Two weeks. So if somebody is overtaken in a fault, yes, restore the person, but in a spirit of meekness. Considering thyself also. That's why Jesus became a man. So that when we are doing things and we have to do it by faith, and we can't see. The Bible says we see through a dark, a glass dimly. Jesus will be a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And that is why Jesus said, learn of me. Because you mean, you, we need meekness in so many aspects of our work with God. Say amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you going to follow meekness? Are you going to wear, put on meekness? Okay, we are running. James 1.21. Meekness is needed in receiving the word of God. Meekness is needed in receiving the word of God. James 1.21. Receive with meekness. The engrafted word of God, 
which is able to save your soul. Say, putting aside all filthiness and superfluity, just a brosso of naughtiness. Amen? Putting aside or laying aside all filthiness and superfluity, just a, it's above superfluid, a, 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 a of naughtiness receive with meekness. So there's an element also of humility in meekness. So that's like when the word of God is coming, it's painful, but it is true. When the word of God says, husband, love your cantankerous wife. It is not easy to receive such a word when you are in pain, but receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Amen. Sometimes people say, but Lady Reverend, my father, he didn't look after me. He did. I said, yes, I know. And Lady Reverend, every day now, since I started working, he's rather writing, uh, calling me, give me this, give me I said, yes. You don't have to allow him to abuse your privileges. But at the same time, he's your father. Oh, but Lady Reverend, he's a drunkard. He beat my mother. He, I said, Ephesians 6, honor thy father who didn't beat thy mother. Honor thy father who has no mistakes. Honor thy father. It is not easy to obey the word of God. So when it says receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. And if we don't do that, our souls are not saved. Your soul is your intellect, your mind, your emotions. They never get saved. That is why you have worked with God so many years and you are still infantile. Because you are not able to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Amen. Amen. And sometimes when preachers preach, people say, oh, this woman, she won't have any problem with meekness. Everything God says, she will do. I will do, but it's not always easy. Sometimes I'm obeying God and I'm crying. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, God, strengthen me. It's all part of the meekness. Amen. It is said that if you want to know about offense, come into the ministry. Sometimes the people you do the best to, they are the ones who kick you in the groin and forget. And even if you forget, it's okay, but to become some way also. There was a guy, anytime I was doing like a program, a flyer, something, he would come and say, Oh, could he help? So in, in putting it up, in mounting it. So one day I asked him, what work do you do? He said, oh, I do these art things. I said, oh, but you've never said you would do the things. You only help to hang it. So I went to some art school in Kolegono. So then I said, okay, I'll give you some work. So you try, do some artwork. We'll look at it when it's not good. You change the colors, you do this. Then we can pay you something. So it started that way. Then with time... I asked him, so what are you doing for a living? Oh, these banners. I said, ah, but they are seized now. So you have to look for a job. Fortunately, I had a, a big man at the harbor doing a lot of work. And I said, would you please employ this boy? So he employed the boy. Then he came to tell me, this your son is very good. He may not be so well educated, but he's very good. So because of you, I'm going to elevate him. So he elevated the boy. Then later he came to tell me, the man who employed him, 
Oh, I have this nice house at airport. The rooms are carpeted wall to wall, whatever, but nobody is living. So I want this your boy to go and stay there with me. <laughs> so this boy was staying there, prospering or whatever. And then one day, after many years, and then also her, he started to do deals with people at the port, like, oh, if you give me money, I can get you a phone. If you get, and then he'll get it for them. Then one, one day, people started to call me that. Eh, please, there's somebody at Nima Police Station. He says that he knows you. <laughs> when I went, it was this boy. Some church members have put him there because he's taking their money. He hasn't done this yet. Still, the lawyer that I am, I went, I said, oh, he's a first-time offender. Let him go. He will pay, get a payment plan. All these things happened. Then one day, somebody called me that. Oh, this boy is saying bad things about you. So I think you should know. So really, it was just before the last election. Ah, why would he say bad things about me? Oh, he said that your husband and you, you are in opposition. I said, me. As if I have time for even politics. Anyway, that's just by the way. And then also, he said that Bishop, his favorite musician is Daddy Lumba. <laughs> And that one day you gave him your phone to go and repair. And when he went to repair the phone, he was reading people's problems on the phone, which I hadn't thought about. I just said, oh, this part of the phone is not working, so just make it work. I didn't think that I should erase all my messages. So he started to say, oh, this person sent me a text that this, and this person said that this. Oh, so I called him to my office. Officially, everybody, and I said, For which of the things I've done do you throw these stones at me? Oh, a Wanara prostrate, he's lying on the floor. Oh, mommy, I said, Get up, hey, this type of hypocrisy, I can't stand. Get up, he has become a tycoon, he owns shops, he travels all over the world. He, oh, he even said, Oh, mommy, you have made me what I said, but I don't see you. Oh, I even brought my four-wheel drive. I brought it from, I bought it from one of the people. I said, hey, this prosperity is very fast. Not knowing he was a foot soldier for NDC. So he has to sell me that I played at the Lumba. I do this, I do, so that he will have favor. And I said, God, such a person. I was so hurt. And God said, forgive as Christ in God has forgiven you. It takes meekness, tamely subject to injury. Then I saw he had come to my office again, told officially, I want to see mommy. Then he keeps, mommy, you see, now I'm very rich. I need to know how to manage my assets. I said, me? You are coming to ask me how to, oh, please, but you are my mother. You brought me up. I wanted to take a broom and sweep him out. But I said, well, advice is free. So I said to him, the way you are going, your prosperity will finish. Hey, go to China three days. I say, why? So I'm going to Hamburg now. Hey, I didn't know prosperity could be so fast. As I speak now, the prosperity has ended. It's over. But I'm trying to bring the morale of meekness. That somebody I had laid down my life for, 
I had gone to the jail many times, not once. And he'll tell me a lie and I'll believe it. Oh, mommy, it's not that when he gave me the money, then I took it. I believed it. And not only will he not say thank you, but he will repay me what even an ordinary person that I have not done anything for will not repay me. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. I pray that we will learn the things that God says we should learn. And God knows that these things don't come by osmosis. That's why he's telling you and I to learn of him. Amen. Last but not the least, what are the blessings that will come to the meek? The blessings that come to the meek. Psalm 37 verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen, somebody. When you are meek, you shall inherit the earth. It's God's promise. And you shall delight yourself in the abundance of peace. Meekness brings peace. Amen. So some of you, the reason why there's no peace in your house, in your marriages, you want your pound of flesh at all costs. It's time to be meek. Psalm 25, verse 9. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. The meek will he guide in judgment. Before, before you make a decision on something, your judgment on something may be warped. But when you are meek, God will guide you in judgment. And the meek will he teach his way. Amen. Psalm 22 verse 26. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Amen. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Maybe the reason why 2014 you have not eaten and you have not been satisfied is the spiritual principle. When you are meek, all these blessings come your way. Amen. Isaiah 29:19. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord. The meek shall increase. So if you have food to eat, you are satisfied, you increase your peace. You increase your joy. God teaches and guides you in his judgment. Why would you not like to be meek and learn of Jesus? Amen. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Amen. It is unto the meek that good tidings will be preached. So if you are meek, you will hear good news all the time. Good tidings will come to you all the time. So sometimes, you know, we are seeking things, but not in a spiritual way. And we are, we are struggling. But when you decide to be meek, it's a softer and maybe easier way because it's a spiritual way that God has put down for you. This is the blessings of being meek. Amen. The meek will be saved. Psalm 76 verse 9. The meek will be saved. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, to save all the meek of the earth, to save all the meek of the earth. So not only will you be guided in judgment, not only will you have abundance, peace, not only will you eat and be satisfied, not only will your joy increase, but what else? 
you shall be saved. Salvation comes to the meek. Salvation comes to the meek. Amen. And lastly, the meek will be lifted up. Amen. Psalm 147 verse 6. The Lord lifted up the meek. He casted the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. The Lord lifts up the meek. Amen. Sometimes, oh, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want promotion. I want God to lift me up in my job, in my business, wherever I am, in the ministry, in the call of God. I want God to lift me up. But God has qualified it that when you are meek, the Lord himself, not a man, will lift you up. I pray that we will learn of Jesus, for he is meek and lowly. God bless you. Hallelujah. To be pleasing you, pleasing you, this is all I really want. Touch my heart with meekness concerning that situation. Touch my heart with meekness concerning the offenses, the pain, the difficulties, the things I grapple with. Lord, today I pray that as meekness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, may that fruit be shed abroad in my heart. May that fruit be, be, come to fruition in my heart. Open your mouth and talk to God. Meekness may look weak. Meekness may look synonymous to weakness. But God says if you are meek, he will guide you in judgment. He will increase your joy. He will increase your peace. He will lift you up when you are meek. Tell him, I want meekness to receive your word. When I'm told to pay my tithe, sometimes it's painful. And I need to be tamely subject to whatever injury. When I'm told to give, it's painful. I don't know how to give. I need meekness in that area. To receive with meekness, you are engrafted. When you say love your wife, it's difficult because of the way she treats me. But Lord, today I ask for meekness. I put on meekness. I follow after meekness. I show meekness. And I seek meekness before you today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed every eye closed. You just want me to pray with you just before I leave. Just put up your hand. So Lady Reverend, I need to be weak, meek. 
I need to put on meekness. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need the grace of God to do that. For it's not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. I see your hands. I see your hands all over. God bless you. Father, I pray for every hand lifted this afternoon. I pray, oh God, for meekness. Your word says we should learn of you, for you are meek. I pray that the grace to be meek will come into the lives of your people. They have stretched out their hands as a demonstration of their reliance on you. May they not have their, their trust put to shame. Touch them in supernatural ways. Cause them to walk in meekness. Cause them to follow meekness. And above all, cause the Holy Spirit in them to bring forth the fruit of meekness. Thank you for meekness in their marriages, in their relationships, in their lives, in their walk with you as Christians. When they come to difficult things, may meekness help them. And above all, may the blessing of meekness come upon your people. May they be a lifting up because of meekness. In Jesus' name. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.